This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Adam Warren here. You're listening to the 4,000 Horse Podcast. You are listening to the 4,000 Horse Podcast, brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the Terrace. It's my great pleasure on this episode of the 4000 Holes podcast to welcome a man who is a TV presenter. He is a radio presenter. He's a podcast presenter. He also writes a column in The Guardian. And I think in his spare time, he's also the stunt double for Ryan Reynolds in Welcome to Wrexham, if you look really, really closely. It is, of course, Max Rushton, who joins us live from Australia via the wonders of Zoom technology. Max, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Let's be real. Let's be honest here. We said we'd do this at seven, and I totally forgot. <laughs> and then I, I checked my Twitter messages while I was sitting on the loo, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm half an hour late for this, so my apologies. I'm very well, and I think, if memory serves me correctly, did you were you listening to the radio when... Because basically the FA Cup third round draw was being done. Yes. And, and I wanted... I'm a, as a Cambridge Manchester United away or something. Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, maybe Newcastle away. Anything else I was disappointed with. So Blackburn away, I was like, mm, you know, we're going to lose, right? And well, you say it's that. not that, you know, and it's not that exciting because it's not 1995, right? You know, so tell so, us about so, it. So, um, yeah. we, don't, we, don't need, we don't need reminding of that fact, trust me. Yeah, you probably know that, don't yes. you? So I was a bit sad, and then you and a few other Blackburn fans were like, hang on a second, mate. Who are you? How are you being bored about going to Ewood Park? So uh, my apologies to all Blackburn Rovers fans well, for uh, um, dismissing I like, I like, I like you so easily. Of the crowd, yes. <laughs> That's very kind of you. So you're joining us from Australia. Uh, I mean, yep. this, 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 the wonders of, my, of modern technology, of course, are allowing you to to perform your career. And I, I did. I do mention you, you host, you do the Champions League coverage in Australia. You have a mm. to- talk sport radio show from Australia as well. How does all that work then? How do you fit it in? I think it's a portfolio career, is what the yeah. HR <laughs> professionals would describe it as. 
I, I um I mean I just nap a lot in the day is the is the real truth of it. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I mean my, my my wife is Australian, right? And she you know, she moved to London, she sort of sacrificed her, you know she says her life, but you know, like like she moved countries, which is not a big which is not a small deal when she was, you know, in her sort of late twenties, I think. Yeah. Um and just banged on and London is quite a hard city to you know, to to sort of find your feet in and she found it quite difficult. And she'd bang on and on about Australia being really nice. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get a job there, we'll move. And I was absolutely certain there really isn't a job I could do here. There's like one, okay? And and uh, and it, the way it transpired, it was just... Things happen, can happen so quickly. So somebody lost the rights for the Champions League in Australia. Basically, they bought the rights, but they actually were just a man with a ute and you know a satellite dish. And it turned out they couldn't do it. So then Channel 9, who I work for, and Stan Sport, who is a kind of streaming service, it's like Netflix bits yeah, in Australia. Yeah. They bought the rights, and I knew the guy that ran that, <clears throat> was running the football department. And, you know, I'd sort of tried to get my foot under the table in Australia by doing little radio interviews, you know. So a bit like when anybody comes on my shows on TalkSport... Whenever there was a football story, I'd be like gun for hire and I'd do five minutes for nothing to any Australian who would listen to me, basically. And because you've got an English accent, people think you know what you're talking about, even though I obviously don't. And um, and so we, he sort of messaged and said, oh, look, would you be up for doing any pitch side stuff? And I said, well, why don't I come over and do it? Thinking he'd be like, no, we've already got someone. He went, oh, yeah, all right. And then like within two weeks, and and at the time, the UK was... Un, you know has opened up after covid but yeah. australia was still locked down right yeah. so um you couldn't get into australia basically unless you're a resident you um the borders were closed and but i i had my residency already I, I wasn't stealing a place because years ago probably to placate mrs russian i'd, I'd got the visa to say look i'm I i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm genuinely serious really, about they, this yeah, they so. really mean it and um and then they were like okay good and me and Jay were on holiday in uh, Wales. This amazing beach called Rossley Beach. It's so beautiful. And it was a beautiful day. And then they rang up and they said, okay, we've got you two. There are two seats left. To get to Australia before the, the group stages start, right? Because you've got a quarantine as well. You have to get these flights and you have to tell us now. And we were both sitting there going. And then she was like, I quite like London. I quite like the UK. I was like, oh, you can't. Okay, well... <laughs> If we don't, and we were sat there and we were like, well, if we don't do it, if we don't go now, we will never go, yeah. right? Because I had a lovely, you know, we had a lovely life, um, you know, and I could just pootle down to TalkSport was 10 minutes away and the Guardian, when we did it in the studio, was 10 minutes the other way and I'm quite a lazy person, so I quite like that little radius, you know, I had a little cafe I had liked, one pub, that's all I need. And we were like, all right, fuck it, excuse my language, I just, uh, I was like, let's just go. And um, so there, then we just flew to Australia. And, I, and so then I, I sort of signed the deal to, to do the Champions League and then I had sort of this really terrifying Monday where I had to speak to the Guardian and speak to TalkSport and say, I've got some news. Um, and, and I sort of used my child. I basically said, I'm having a child. And I... <clears throat> And so, you know, that puts them on the back I, foot, I've right? leafed through you know, the that... HR policy here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The bit about paternity leave, I want to invoke. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I'd always sort of promised... You know, or not promised, but we'd already said, look, if we have a baby, you know, Jay's got lots of family here. Let's, you know, try and bring them up in Australia. And I was like, so I'm going to go, but I'd like to keep my job. And uh, and the Guardian, I thought, you know, that pod, we've been doing it remotely since COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually, we, we'd been having conversations before any of this happened, 
about carrying on doing it remotely because you know, much like I'm talking to you, it's I, I presume you're in. I presume you're in Blackburn. I don't uh, no, know. I'm in like, Sheffield, actually. Funnily enough, oh, you're in Sheffield. Okay, yes. fun. So, 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 like, instead of to be on the pod, you have to be, you know, at King's Cross at nine o'clock on a yeah. Monday morning. You know, and the only time we chat to say Sid Lowe about Spanish football, it's on a terrible phone line. He's on a train. <laughs> he cuts out after five minutes. You now get everybody in quality. Like, like the whole thing has just been a sort of remarkable change in broadcasting. And actually, I think also from the pandemic, like the listeners and viewers have become much more forgiving. Yeah. Right. They're just like, well, of course that guy's in his house because on the ten o'clock news say because it's half ten at night and he's probably got a family and like why why make him go to some weird TV studio. It makes no difference to the content. And so um, I was, you know, that, that sort of move has, I, it just happened at a really fortunate time for me, I guess. The radio, I was, um, the radio were like, yeah, let's give it a try. But I was convinced there'd be a delay or that, you know, the line would drop. And I'm amazed that it works. So are you, like, in, are you in a home studio when you're doing the radio? No, no. Program? So I do you that do out, out of a studio. Yeah we wanted to i'm in my sort of shed that i've had built and we want to do it from here but at the moment there's a bit of a delay and i'm i am i won't do it with a, any delay at all because i feel that is so in especially in live radio in, you know in in the pod right there's a zoom call basically we just have a zoom call like yeah, this yeah, yeah. and record our record our audio locally and send it off yeah. and so like if someone's wi-fi goes down we just sit there for two minutes and wait because you can't really do that yeah. on the radio <laughs> And so, A, I'm nervous about that. I like the buttons, someone else to... I press the buttons now. I've had to learn that. But, like, there is someone milling about who knows what the other buttons do, right? Um, and and the thing about a radio show is, right, it's so much about, you know, do you interrupt someone? And then so you're, you know, someone else is talking. And most of the time you let them finish and you chat. But if you've got, like, a gag you want to put in or something, well, you've got to... It's got to hit your mind. You then got to decide: is it worth interrupting this person to do the gag? Then you've got to do it. And if there's any sort of delay, well, that kind of ruins that, I think. So, I mean, I'd say I'd love to do it from home because I, I, you know, it's quite late at night, right? So, so I lived this weird life where, in British summertime, the Champions League, I'm getting up at three in the morning because it's a five a.m. kickoff, yeah. right, to do the Champions League. But my podcast is like five in the afternoon and the radio's at like six on a Saturday and eight on a Sunday I didn't know how much technical admin you wanted but it's really on my mind when the clock when it's winter in Britain my radio show on a Sunday is 10 p.m till half past midnight and I'm not an, I'm not a night owl I'm an early morning right. guy and on New Year's Eve obviously I was I was doing the show New Year's Eve but obviously I was, New Year it was turning New Year where I was so yeah. I was just doing I was just it turned midnight and then my pass for the for the studios sort of was revoked as the as 2024 began so i got locked in this building so i couldn't get out the show had finished i got locked in i was like i just want to go to bed and then obviously normally at half past midnight in melbourne there's no traffic but on new year's eve there's lots of traffic i didn't get home until two in the morning i was absolutely furious so it's it works amazingly seamlessly and i'm so lucky like you've got to be lucky anyway to get anywhere in this profession right because there are so many people who want to do it and there are so many people who are good at it and you you know Sure, you've got to be able to do it, but you've got to be so lucky, just timing-wise, for yeah. you know people to leave their jobs or get fired or whatever. And I've had that. A you few could times. never, you could never have planned for what you've done. I mean, as you say, no, you just taken no. advantage of those circumstances. So, so in, in Australia right now, then, how big is Ange? Is he is he reinvigorating the whole football ethos in Australia? I mean, but he's been big. I mean, he as soon as I got here, all people wanted to talk to me about was Celtic. 
I was like, I've moved 10,000 miles to stop talking about Scottish football. I don't want to. And, and, um, but uh, so, so they, have, they love this guy. And I guess partly because, um, obviously, you've got Sam Kerr, right, who's one of the best footballers yeah. in the world in the women's game. But, but there's a sort of void of great socceroos at the moment, right? There's no Kuehl, Viduka, et cetera, et cetera. Robbie Slater, and of so, course, given that yes, it's a Blackburn podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right, yeah. Um, and... Um, Although he's still in good nick, Robbie Slade, I'd say. Belief, in that yes. sort of slightly, slightly weird Iggy Pop old, <laughs> still got a six-pack way. And, um, uh, and so he fills that void in a way. But also, like, he's, you know, for an Australian to be managing one of the top six, if that's what they are still Spurs, like, yeah. is, an, is an amazing achievement. And, I, and I've said this loads of times, but I really feel, and, and I'm probably guilty of it, I don't know if you are, that there is a weird, and perhaps xenophobia is too strong a word, but there's this kind of arrogance about when anybody with an American or an Australian accent talks to you about football, your instant reaction is, you don't know what you're talking about, yeah. really. And yeah. it's so stupid, that, right? That this guy is so successful wherever he's been and, like, the tools he's had to work with have not been that great. Like, like he's gone to Spurs and suddenly this is the best footballers he's ever worked with. Yeah. Like, they're obviously going to be better and do things quicker than anyone else that he's coached. So by that definition... It's going to be easier for him in a way, right? The pressure is obviously bigger, but the pressure at Celtic is huge. But, like, he has managed to get players of inferior quality to play amazing football. Okay, the opposition's not as good either. But, I, I, I and, and also the interesting thing about Ange, as, as everyone has mentioned on, on the pod, and it's, it's just weird having a football manager who is a normal human. Who, he, like, who answers questions. Yeah. Like, you ask them a question, they answer the actual question, and then they just, you know, they just normal and they've got empathy you can see that when Tottenham players get injured which is quite frequently like they want to he gives them a hug you know those managers that like as soon as a player's injured like his legs fallen off and he goes past the manager and they're just staring straight forward like you're nothing to me you are dead to me now I have to care about the things on the pitch where he goes well actually there's no the football's not happening I've got a second to give you a hug and say you'll be all right mate like those things are I think players love that I'm amazed more people don't I agree no, entirely. Like Kenny Dalglish, apparently his reputation was very much, I don't know, freshened out of the Bill Shankly sort of school of, if if I can't pick you on Saturday, well, why am I wasting time talking to you? And yeah. it, it's, sort of, it's so very of its time now, whereas management styles and leadership styles, thankfully, have evolved and recognised individuals as human beings with their own needs and their own wants and their own motivational yeah. mechanisms. I think it's fascinating yeah. to see it. Does, does Johnny Lou really hate Andrew? Was that put uh. on? I I don't think he hates. I don't think so. Like he he, he sort of he on another pod because he he had a big old go of him on a live show. Yeah, that's the one um, I streamed. Yeah, and yeah. and then and then um and then on the pod the next day he he sort of did backtracked a, sort of, a bit. Uh, uh, no, he didn't backtrack. He sort of stuck to his guns a bit. And oh, okay. then he said, "Look, what he said was the pod he doesn't really take seriously. Right? Like his job is." A written journalist and he really that is his craft I suppose it's the reverse of me right yeah. my writing is not writing does not come naturally to me I have a I do a pod every, a column every other week and when I have a, a week when I have a column is like a sad week because I'm staring at a laptop going oh god and then you waiting know, for inspiration are, to land yeah and your words are on the same like the next page is Johnny or Barney Ronay or Marina Hyde or like one of the best like Honestly, like elite writers in the world, like it's ridiculous how good they are. they are. And I'm doing my kind of, as Barry would call it, uh, Barry Glenn Denning, who I work with on the pod and on the radio, for listeners who don't know, um, it's sort of Fisher Price version of that, you know. And so I, I'm, I'm just. Oh look, it's little Ian Rushton. Hello, mate. Special oh, guest. Who, who oh, is in, Hello. He's he's got Cambridge and Spurs. 
as his. Uh, this might be his first ever trip on social media. Hi, Fantastic. Baba. How are you? Oh, I say yes. He's got Rovers podcast. But <laughs> I didn't dress. I don't dress him in football kits. But he's been given enough. <laughs> hey, mate. Yeah, I know. So, so my writing is. Um, I'm going to put you down, little man. But you can stay in here. Um, uh, so, so. I don't think he does, but what he says is, is like when he's writing stuff, he's really thinking about it, and when he's yeah. on the pod, he's just mucking about. Yeah, um, which I guess is fair enough. So I don't think he, yeah. I don't think he does. I don't think anyone can. But I've been brainwashed. Well, I, I think I think it's perfectly understandable because I think he's such such a strong personality that I can see how he's won people over so quickly, and of course, such a massive contrast to Conte. And it's that England oh. manager thing, isn't it, where you go from you know strict, stern, no, you know, arm round the shoulder, and then the pendulum swings exactly yeah. the opposite way. I mean, literally, it's from a, from a Tottenham perspective. I'm, you know, I'm a Cambridge fan, but my dad is a Tottenham fan, and so after every Tottenham game, he rings me up. He's 85 now, and he just tells me how good Jimmy Greaves was. It, like it, 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 within five minutes, it would be like I tell you who could, Jimmy Greaves would just side foot the ball in. And um, we do that with Shearer, you know, of course. Yeah, but for of me, that, you do, but yeah. for me, it was three seasons ago. I still can't quite credit. Yeah, that yeah, we're it's, yeah. Just looking when well, I mean, we'll get onto it in a second. Just look at last time we played Cambridge. My God, it was over 30 years ago. Yeah, I can still I know. remember Nicky Reed running through on New Year's Day. It's weird. It's really, really weird. Building up from the back, Alan Wright to Kevin Moore. Not an inch of space being provided by Cambridge. Drops to Mark Atkins. And it's gone! A terrible mistake by the man who scored the Cambridge equaliser, Phil Chappell. His back pass was far too short. And it was Roma's substitute, Nicky Reid, who steamed onto the ball. I'm planting it unerringly past John Vaughan. TIAA is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of Black Americans don't have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right. New music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest. Stream paper right now and help close the gap. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Right, let's let's get on to Cambridge then, because that's the reason yeah. that uh, fate and the internet has brought us together, and you so very mm. kindly contacted us after we fished away. I don't know whether you're, you're ancient. Sort of said, I've had this email in from this weird podcast. If I were you, I wouldn't do it. There's no money. But notwithstanding that, thankfully, we're here. No, we're no, don't be silly. So, don't be silly. I, I, do you know what? I, can I, just, I just think... Like the the growth of club podcasts is really interesting, yeah. and I really and it's it's been so great. And obviously, there's some luck, right? If you happen to be a Liverpool or a Man United fan, you could probably turn it into a career, right? Yeah. And if you're a Walsall <laughs> fan, you can't. But like the Cambridge podcast I listen to, it's called Under the Abbey Stand. It's a really great podcast, and they do some really good things beyond just talking about the game. And I think it's such a great place for you know there is such a loyal. 
there yeah. is your loyal fan base, right? Yeah. And and you will have seen that grow. I know. You know, I'm 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 sure. I confess, I'm not I'm not an avid listener. You're not across all so, across all the ninety two clubs. No, that's I don't know the in jokes. I don't know the in jokes of four thousand holes. I'll be honest, but I um. Well, I, the, the question I, uh, that people usually ask us is, where does the name come from? But that's I, the Beatles, right? Isn't exactly. It? Yeah, I'm a little bit yeah. older than you, but I'm, I'm guessing your age. You might just have that reference. But that's usually a good opening conversation on Gambit. But the uh, the podcast and the fanzine are still going strong. So we're, we've definitely that's got great. And fanzines are so key, right? Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. like holding, but you know, holding clubs to account. Um, and having an independent voice, especially when some clubs are going, you know, are, are taking their media away from yeah. like local radio, for example. Yeah. I started at Radio Cambridge, right? And that was really pivotal for like holding. You've obviously got to keep your relationship yeah. with the club, but you've got to be able to hold them to account if things aren't going well. I think it's the newspaper groups as well. If I, uh, well, certainly, I think the Reach yeah, there's no money in it. Sure. Yeah, well, recently just pulled all the, the reporting. So I think we've we've one uh, reporter across five or six clubs in Lancashire, and it's only yeah. the Lancashire Telegraph now that has a dedicated reporter to Rovers. So it's 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 really really bad news. Anyhow, all that aside, let's talk about Cambridge United. What's your yeah. earliest Cambridge United memory then? What first sucked you into the vortex that is supporting Exeter Cambridge United? at home? I think it was eighty. 84- Five or eighty-six, and I should have—I should have checked by now because I've been asked this question quite a few times. And do you give different answers? Like, That's the question. <laughs> and I think so, but like I was five or six, and obviously I didn't have the attention span for ninety minutes. We were two 0 down, and um, you will hear my son in the background of this uh, uh, call, but I hope you don't mind. And um, uh, we were two 0 down, and we drew two-two in the end. And I think Steve Spriggs, who was quite, in my mind, was quite short and fat. It was a time when in Division 4 you had short and fat players. And, you know, and, and the things I really remember were the smell of cigarettes, the swearing, like these things that didn't really happen in my sort of very, you know... Uh, Do you have a uh, cloistered upbringing? Pl- pleasant. <laughs> I wouldn't say cloistered, but, you know, there was sort of, you know, there was bloody, uh, bloody hell and bugger it. But there wasn't any swearing beyond... There were no Fs and Cs uh, yeah, yeah, uh, in yeah. St Barnabas Road, I'll be honest. <laughs> and so, like, all that stuff was sort of pretty wild. Um... And I think my dad just kept taking me. And so, and, I, and, it, and it came at a time, I had a couple of seasons where we were sort of, it was just, we weren't very good, but it didn't matter because it was just, this is a new thing. A stadium's big. This is exciting. And then we obviously went on this run under John Beck from 89. We got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup in 1990, quarterfinals in 91. We, uh... hey, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's a car, isn't it? Car. Yeah, car. car. Ah, oh, you're right. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Uh, and um, and both years, we won the playoffs in 1990 yeah. at Wembley. First ever playoff final at Wembley. We then won the third division. We got into the second division. Um, we got into the playoffs. Did you go up that year? Yeah, that was, so you, you were beaten by Leicester in the semis. Um, we yeah, played Leicester so, in the final. Ah, yeah, right. So, so, so it was that, the playoffs, right? Yeah, so it's that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So, so that season, we almost went all, we went up, up, yeah. up. I'm actually, we, uh, I think we won at Portman Road. Steve Claridge scored in January, maybe, or November. I can't remember when exactly. It took us top of the league. And we had some, you know, Newcastle equalised in the in injury time at St. James against us. Neil Heaney had a goal disallowed at Ayrson Park for no reason late on, which would have given us a win. And I haven't done the maths, but I feel like with a bit more luck, we'd have gone up, right? Yeah. We'd gone to the playoffs, yeah. right? Leicester hammered us. Like, we drew 1-1 at, at, at the Abbey, and then they beat us 5-1 at, at Filbert Street. But it was, we were that close. And, like, that is, let's be realistic, you know, barring some kind of 
take over by like a Tony Bloom or a you know a Bournemouth type thing. You know, we are now League One is punching above our weight. So I suppose it was weird to have that so early in my, you know, career of supporting Cambridge United. But we were close. And the thing is, we just won every game. Like, we just go and win. And, like, I obviously wasn't too aware of our tactics, which were frowned upon in places, uh, of, you know, just knock it long, basically. Just and we launch had some it, really yes. <laughs> We launched it, but we had some great... Like, Dion Dublin was a brilliant footballer. You know, he played for England. He played, you know, he scored so many goals in the Premier League. He could play at centre-back as well. Like, he was really talented. Cambridge's most valuable asset, Dion Dublin, been linked with a move to first division clubs. Along with the rest of the Cambridge players, he'll be hoping to become a first division player by helping Cambridge to promotion. It's a chance, and that goal will see them well on the way. Picked on by Dublin, and hooked in by Phil Chapel. Found that ball dropping kindly for him to volley it into the back of the net. That's Bobby Mims. But like John Taylor was a brilliant footballer. We had these wingers in Michael Cheatham and Lee Philpott. This is Ian. This is Ian. A genuine Ian. <laughs> this is a genuine Ian. He's a Blackburn fan and we're doing what's called a podcast. This is Dad's job. And listeners probably like think you're sweet, but probably don't need you to... I'm going to send you out of this. Could you go and see Mama? Bye-bye. <laughs> go, see, go see Mama. Go see Mama. Take that to Mama. Mama needs that. Um, so then we have... Mickey Cheatham and Lee Philpott, good wingers. We had Danny O'Shea, who was a brilliant centre-back. Like Alan Kimball played for Wimbledon for years in the yeah, Premier League. Yeah. Uh, you know, Philpott went and played for Leicester. Like, we had some really good players within that system. You know, Claridge, of course. But it was amazing. It was, like, totally amazing. And it's sort of never... We've had moments of, of glory since then. Like, Roy McFarlane managed us in a bit, and we went out. We had some good players. And then, most recently, Mark Bonner, who's sort of just been yeah. sacked, had, like, got us, you know, got us out of League Two. Um, and... He's a brilliant guy. He's sort of, you know, he's an em- empath. He's not a football cliches guy. Yeah. Like he, he really not not a I'm proper really, football man in that sense. No, he's not. And I'm really sad it didn't work. I'm not saying it was the wrong decision, but I'm really sad it didn't work out for him. Is he your Tony um, Mowbray then? Was he the sort of like safe pair of hands that just couldn't quite get it over the line? No, no, I don't think so because he had a really interesting story that he basically, you know, he was going to the Abbey when I was. Like he's he's. Sadly, football managers are younger than me now. It's not just footballism. And uh, so he's probably like six or seven years younger than me. But he, would, he was a Cambridge fan and never played professionally, but just worked with like the kids, like the under-8s, I think. Yeah. And then he yeah. went away for a little bit. But then he was, he's like been with the under-18s, under-19s, under-21, whatever. And then he, you know, he got the job and he was like just... He was, he was like the perfect man to manage us forever, you know, yeah, and so but, the fairy tale like, is that he takes you all yeah, the way through and he's exactly. lovely forever. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Neil Harris has come in; seems like a good guy. I've met him years ago. He's a nice guy and, and a good football manager. So maybe it was the right call. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was looking back at our most recent, I say our most recent encounters. They are thirty odd years ago, and then also in the excellent Guardian Football Weekly book, you, you put you pick your. Uh, Favorite all time eleven, which I think is ten Cambridge favorites and Glenn Hoddle. Oh um, yeah, I mean, I'm amazed that you put Hoddle in there. Actually, I thought you would player. have gone for the full full eleven uh, Cambridge, and a lot of those names you just mentioned, you, you put in there. But as you say, that Cambridge side was an incredibly. I recall 
I didn't want to play you in the playoffs. I absolutely, yeah, it, it was a blessed mm. relief almost that we crashed and burned at the end and we knew we'd get Derby County because I think the thought of playing you, that New Year's Day game we, we won in the last, I think last two or three minutes, Nicky Reed with a lung-busting run to score the winner. And then we played you a few weeks later, a quirk of the fixture list. Um, and you beat us. On by Dublin. Claridge and Kevin Moran tussling with this one. Claridge holds it up well, gets it down the line for Rowett. It's an excellent cross. And it's two goals to nil. A marvellous cross by Rowett. And Neil Heaney at the far post. Able to steal that one in on the volley once more. Uh, yeah. two, I was two, at that one. game. I remember that game. I don't remember. I remember Colin Quite Henry a frosty pitch, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, it was probably whatever. It was Beck July, but it was still a frosty pitch. Mess it up. Was, yeah. yeah, he was amazing. He used to, um, he used to, on away games, he would get our under 18s and play a full match for pre match on our half of the pitch to, to, to mess it up. Because you were allowed half the pitch. So he would just, because he just didn't want anyone to be able to play football. Um, and so then he'd put, he put, he, the corners of the pitch were full of sand yeah. so the fullbacks would just he, and he put billboards that said quality in amber and black so yeah. the fullback could look up see the word quality hit it first kick time. the ball to it and it would just stop in the sand and then we'd just sort of you know I guess swarm. high press we had the high press right yeah. we'd swarm on you get a long throw Richard Wilkins would hoy it in there and we'd get some flick-ons and like it was I, mean, I don't know if it was ahead of its time but it was certainly a way of playing football you know um, and uh yeah, so I, I do remember beating you because I remember like coming up against teams that you'd heard of in shoot league ladders that were better than us, you know, yeah. like Blackburn and yeah. Leicester and Ipswich and teams like that and Newcastle and, and Middlesbrough. And so, yeah, it was just part of that wild ride. You just didn't, you just go and go oh, we'll win because we always won, you know. As I say, you're an incredibly difficult side. And then we, we drew you in the League Cup when by this time Dalglish's team had sort of like been fully formed and the difference in our lineup. Between that and the previous year, we'd now got Shearer, Newell up front. Wilcox and yeah. Ripley were sort of like manning the wings. Hendry and um, Kevin Moran were in the centre of defence. And you still nearly duffed us up. Good climb from White. Keeps his eye on the ball. Knows his limitations. He's not a player for dribbling 35 yards. Gets rid of it quickly. Shot coming in. Oh, and the goal! Well, Ewan Park is silenced. A goal of sheer equality from Gary Clayton. Yeah. We, we still scraped through 3-2 even then. So even though Ian Atkins by that time was the manager, it was, it was still Ian a Atkins. tight run affair. Wow. Did he play for you as well? I can't remember. No, no Mark, we have Mark Atkins. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it, it was yeah. Like No, Atkins. no, and it, and it was the start of the, the sort of... We, we sold Dion to Man United and then John Beck gave... John Taylor, who's our record goals, you know, it's like such a great, great, came back to us in the end, but yeah. gave Bristol Rovers him and a hundred grand and we got a guy called Devon White. Yeah, yeah. And you know these players who were just like, he can't have been as bad as that for the rest of his career. He went into QPR and scored some goals in the Premier League and it was sort of mind-blowing because he just couldn't do anything. <laughs> and we were like, you can't, this man can't do anything. Like, this is insane. And like, now you know obviously like footballers go through these runs and confidence is everything and all these things and the pressure and all these things but when you're just there watching you're going he can't do anything <laughs> you know, poor bloke but 
There have been many of them since then. Well, we, we've had one or two. We had a non-scoring centre-forward called Chris Brown, who was a lovely, lovely guy, a really, really nice guy, but he just never scored for us. Yeah. And I, I, he run, he has on the uh, Under the Cosh podcast now with, with some of the former pros. I oh, think. right, yeah, he's, yeah, had, yeah. he's had lots of Rovers fans question him on the podcast, you know, go, talk us through your goals for Blackburn, Chris. Oh, sorry, <laughs> mate, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, he, I've met him. He's a genuinely really lovely guy. Oh, I bet. I but he, bet. Just, he just never got near him. You're sort of thinking, just on the law of Averages. If you yeah. sort of hover around the penalty spot, something will hit you. Yeah, you know, turn round every now and then and let it hit your backside. Who knows what will happen? But uh, last thing I've got to ask you then is, uh, what, what's your prediction for Saturday? I think you're you're catching us truly on the crest of a slump at the moment. With oh, are you are you bad? I mean, I haven't really followed yeah. how. Yeah, oh, we, we, December, December's not been kind to us, and I think the uh, you know your your joke about the Croatia team being tired. If you want to yeah. see a tired football team right now, it's Blackburn I, Rovers. We've I got confess, left. I. I don't know anybody who plays for you now. Who's 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 Jordan Rhodes? I mean, no, Jordan Rhodes scored against us for someone else recently, so he can't be there, right? That's it. That's it. That's where I. That's the sort of level of Blackburn I've got to at this stage. Yeah, well, well, of course, we lost Ben Brerett and Diaz last year, and Bradley Dykes went to Sunderland, so our goals all Mm. disappeared. They've been largely replaced by goals from Sammy Smoddix, who was a former Peterborough player. I guess will be. Yes, he's a lovely name to say out loud, isn't it? There are a few Sam Smoddix. I like saying him. I like saying Harry Toffolo. Um, well, we are, we are we have two centre forwards at the club, and they're both injured. Excellent. So, so, so <laughs> you're going to score three or four against our defence. Yeah, then, I wouldn't worry about what we'll provide. We've got some nice players. You know, we've got some players who I think George Thomas might be injured now, but he was a, sort of played at. A, what do we have? We have players that you know who are either championship players who have been injured or just don't quite have the form or the consistency like George Thomas we've got two very old centre-backs and Ryan Bennett played for Bulls in the Premier League and Michael Morrison who played for Birmingham Fears was a Cambridge guy sort of grew up playing for Cambridge so they know where to stand but (laughs) but they might stand quite still Um, and we've got some neat and tidy footballers I think Neil Harris is a bit more of a direct football than Mark Bonner but by the end, we weren't playing great football under Mark, Mark Bonner either. So, like, I'd say it's one of those League One sides where we try and get the ball down, but don't be surprised if it ends up yeah. going back to our fullbacks. Our right back, Liam Bennett, is a lovely young player who might be uh, exposed defensively like Trent Alexander Arnold is, but he's really good going forwards. Um, our left back is a guy called Danny Andrew, who was signed on the premise of having amazing, being a dead ball specialist. And I think he, like, every free kick went out of the stand until Mark Bonner was fired and then he's put one in the bottom corner. So maybe that, that maybe the corner's turned there. Um, how but sim- I don't how similar have- is this side to the side that knocked Newcastle out? Are there many players? That no, it's out? really different. It's really right, different. Right. We, we sort of, it, that, that team which sort of got us up. So the team that got us up from League 2 to League 1 had Paul Mullin, who scored like 34 yeah, in, yeah. In, a, in a season and then went off to Wrexham. A guy called Joe Ironside who scored the goal at Newcastle. He's at Doncaster now. Where's Houlihan obviously retired? Oh, he was such... I reckon yeah, yeah he was on my list. Unbelievable. Oh, he was so good. Um, yeah, it's massively different, actually. We sort of needed it. We needed it. We all knew that team had sort of come to its natural... The, the cycle of that side had come to yeah, an end. And yeah. so we'd, we've actually recruited, I think, not terribly. Um, but it's so random, you know, at League One level. And there are yeah. some teams with lots of money, right? So it's really hard to put yeah. a run together when you've got yeah. sides like Portsmouth and... You know, sad to say it, Peterborough. You know, in Bolton. <laughs> Wrexham on the way Re- up. Yeah, not yet, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, League, League One's going to be harder next year because yeah. you know, Notts County, Wrexham, Stockport have all got buckets of cash. But I think we'll have a nice day out, and I think 
you know. Well, we, we may yet put a Crash 11 out, so I think... Oh, uh, really? Oh, but, yeah, there's fun. a lot of speculation about... You know, some, let's say some, we had a lot of injuries, and so our mainstays we, uh, have been out of the team. We had five or six over Christmas, so we're, we're playing Academy Kids to make up a first 11. They are shattered. They are absolutely yeah. exhausted. See, I saw I mean, three, three games over Christmas. They are dead on their feet at the kickoff. So you could catch us uh, at a really opportune moment on Saturday. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, the pressure for me is the Newcastle game, I did get out of bed and watch it at 2 a.m. Yeah. Do I get out and watch this one at 2 a.m. or do I just wake up and watch the highlights? I don't know. Oh, you ready for the day, Ian? He's fully um, So I, I think you'll probably do us... You know, I can never ever predict a Cambridge defeat, so I'll go a one-all draw, get you back to the Abbey, very and good. win one-nil. Excellent, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much to you and Rushton so, Junior as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely superb, young stuff. Ian Rushton. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I apologise for his interruptions. Not at all. Yeah. Not at go. all. Can you say bye bye? Can you say bye bye? I think you now hold the record for being the guest that was furthest away on one of our records. Furthest away, latest, most interrupted, all of those things. Good luck to you. I I would love Blackburn to be back in the Premier League. You know, I like the kit. It's a nice kit to have in the Premier League, isn't it? We have good kits. Yeah, you do. Uh, We just need some good players to wear them, that's all. Yeah, (laughs) don't we all? Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for coming on once again. Have a great day. Uh, other than Saturday afternoon, of course, and uh, <laughs> I'll carry on listening to the Guardian, and I'll, I'll go. Good man, thanks for all your yeah. <laughs> thanks for tweeting us and with questions and stuff. I do appreciate that. Not not a problem. Not a problem. See you anon. Cheers, Max. Uh, well, at least Burnley are having a shit season. Eh? Well, there is that. Yes. Right, I'll let you go. Thank you, my friend. Really appreciate that. Thanks, Ian. Thank Cheers. you, buddy. Toronto. Yeah. Hey, bye-bye, Rudy. Hey, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Recording stopped. Sports Social Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you the creative type? And you already know lots of cool things Photoshop can do, like create eye-popping images for social and gorgeous graphics for t-shirts and posters. But did you also know it can instantly turn a gray sky into a fiery sunset? Change black and white to color in a click or make anything in your photo magically disappear? Maybe you're wondering, can anyone use Photoshop to take images from ordinary to amazing? Nope, everyone can. Visit Photoshop.com and get started for free. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.